This is the KRMG Afternoon News with Skylar Cooper. Time for the BA Breakdown here on the KRMG Afternoon News. We do it every Tuesday at this time, just after 5 o'clock, and we check in live with Broken Arrow City Manager Michael Spurgeon. He joins us live from Broken Arrow. Good afternoon, Michael. Hey, Skylar, I'm just sitting here having a cup of coffee, getting ready for the council meeting. (laughs) I love it. We were having a conversation about this study that said so much coffee actually decreases anxiety. I tend to have the opposite reaction if I have too much, but we were also wondering, uh, we're just kind of going around the room here on when we stop drinking coffee. I can't drink it this late in the day, but I guess it works for you. Just on Tuesdays for council meetings, (laughs) uh, but I pay for it because I usually end up staying up later than I than I normally would. Right. Uh, but just, just need a little, uh, little extra to get through the meeting. So you're talking about that council meeting, and um, I know one of the things they're going to consider is adding uh, some flock cameras, like a trial of flock cameras in Broken Arrow. And I'll tell you, we've been covering those for a long time here in Tulsa and other communities around green country, and we've just seen a ton of response to that. Some people think it's you know Big Brother spying on you, but other folks say, look at all the crimes they're solving. What's your take on it? Well, let me just talk about what's going on tonight. I'm glad you asked me this question because there is a lot of of uh, comments on social media is that tonight the um, city council is going to hear from Chief Berryhill about the cameras. And we're asking the city council to approve a one-year contract for just a little bit over $18,000 to purchase five cameras that we will install in strategically placed uh, areas of our committee where there's a very uh, – a lot of retail uh, to make sure that we help with uh, with uh, basically a proactive uh, a police informant. I mean, uh, uh, proactive activities, I should say. There's a 60-day pilot period that uh, we'll look at the, how the cameras are uh, working at the end of the 60 days to make a determination if we continue with the contract. And I would like to say is just like every community, you know, I want to share of what these cameras are and that really the cameras will assist the Broken Air Police Department investigations when they identify vehicles uh, that enter the flock system that have been involved in some type of criminal activity, uh, we'll capture that license plate. And then our supervisors will be the only ones that have access to that information. We'll run the plate to make sure that everything's been verified. And if necessary, then we d- we dispatch a police officer uh, to address the situation. What they are not is the cameras don't capture any facial recognition and that the data is not shared with any third parties. And so we see this as a, a tremendous uh, opportunity for us to be proactive in our efforts to continue to keep Broken Air one of the safest places in the state of Oklahoma to live. I think a lot of people think they're recording 24-7 video when, in fact, they, they capture little quick stills of license plates. And they're, they're, I've seen the screenshots. They're pointed right at a street, and they can't see like people walking by usually. Not that I know of, and I've had many conversations with our chief about this, and I trust Brandon Berryhill and the great job and his leadership team. Captain Brandon Teener is the technical expert on this. Our data is safe for 30 days, and, and that's it. It's not going anywhere else. And Broken Arrow is a safe place because we're constantly looking at the best technology to support the officers in their job that they do to keep us a safe community. And I share the same concerns with the folks that have concerns. I mean, I do not support any type of facial recognition. I know the council members uh, do not either. And so I think we're all saying the same thing. It's just that how do we use technology to better help our police officers do their job. And I'm excited about this opportunity to present this to council tonight. All right, we'll see how the city council uh, uh, looks at that and we'll follow up later on. Um, I did, I saw this too, where uh, citizens can, in, in, the, in the pursuit of water quality out in Broken Arrow, they can provide a, a sample to be tested. What is that all about? Oh, this is really, really cool. I'm, this, let me just tell you how amazing Broken Arrow is. 
all suppliers of water, drinkable water, including municipalities required by the EPA to test its uh, drinking water for, for lead annually, our 10 years of results are on our website. You can see that we're well below uh, what the what the limits are. For some reason, we were having a little bit of difficulty having uh, folks uh, agree to participate in the uh, the testing. And so we put out some information on social media and we had over 500 people reach out and said they'd be willing to, to participate in, in the uh, the study to get us that information. And so we're going to be working with a number of those folks to, to get the just a couple of dozen tests that we need that we can submit to the to the EPA. So this is just a part of this annual process that we have to uh, do testing on our drinking water to make sure that uh, the lead that is in the water is well below what is uh, what is uh, allowed uh, or the maximum, you know, by by uh, rules and regulations. All right, so folks, uh, reach out if they're interested in that. We have, as we've been doing for the last few weeks, we have some listener questions for you. All right. Um, I've got a couple of open mics. I have some text messages. Before we get there, I wanted to ask you, it's been two weeks uh, since we talked about that Broken Arrow police officer and the dog situation. Is there an update on that? Do we know what's going on there? Well, I appreciate you giving me an opportunity. Um, you know, first and foremost, I, I want to make sure everybody is heard. If they hadn't, it's the Widener County Sheriff's Office investigation is complete. And the sheriff's department has handed over to the Wagner County District Attorney Office their findings. And I, the first thing I want to say about this is, and I understand everybody's concern. I have the same concerns as everyone. Investigations sometimes take longer than people would like. There's due process here. We have personnel policies. We have a collective bargaining agreement that Chief Barry Hill and I have to follow. And we want to make sure we do a thorough and transparent investigation. Our policy says whenever there is a criminal investigation going at the same time, we have to pause that until the criminal investigation is done. Well, now it has been completed and turned over to the DA. The chief has instructed the, the Office of Professional Standards within our department to resume their investigation. And the chief informed me this morning that he's anticipating probably by the end of next week having the, the findings and the recommendations from the, the Office of Professional Standards given to him. Okay. I, the comments I've heard from listeners were that they they felt like it, enough time had passed and they, they thought it was just being ignored. So that's not the case. Sounds like a lot is still happening. Well, honestly, I mean, um, I understand everybody's concern, but I can assure you is things take time. I am ultimately responsible for personnel for the city. And uh, I've expressed to the chief, I want him to do a thorough and transparent investigation. And like I said, sometimes it, it doesn't happen as quickly as people would like. But I can assure you that it, it, we have been working on this and we are following all of our policies uh, and making sure that uh, we're consistent with those policies. And, and I'm, I know that I'll have a recommendation from the chief uh, shortly. We're talking with Michael Spurgeon, the city manager in Broken Arrow, and we want to kind of do a speed round of questions here. So we'll first go to the open mic. Hey there. Okay. Can we pretty please do something about traffic control at 81st and County Line? Some of us just really want to go home at 5 o'clock but can't because somebody's trying to turn left. Thank you. <laughs> we get a lot of traffic questions, so I guess what we'll translate that to is, are there any plans to uh, maybe widen or put a turn lane there at 81st and County Line? Actually, that that the intersection is the south end of a mile reconstruction where we're putting in a new bridge between 71st, also known as Kenosha and Houston. And we had a couple of complaints. Uh, Vice Mayor uh, Christy Gillespie actually asked me about this. So we have had a police officer out there periodically, just like we did in New Orleans Square, because, folks, the signs are up that you're not supposed to turn left. But people are unfortunately are ignoring those signs. And so we've actually written some tickets and I'll speak to Chief Bear Hill this evening and make sure that we increase our presence there 
because um, people need to obey this, the traffic uh, the traffic uh, signs that are up there because it, it is a delay right now because of the construction. So I appreciate that question, and I'll take care of it. And we got this one regarding Jackson Park. Why it has been months since all of the dust dawn lights in Jackson Park are operating. Thank you. Do you know anything about the lights at Jackson Park? I do not, but I will talk to uh, Rocky Hinkle and Matt Hendren uh, tomorrow and find out if there's something going on with the electrical system because they should be operating. That's one of our our best parks, and if not the best park in the city, and the light should be working. So let me look into that. All right, sounds good, Michael. And we have one last question here. I know we're late, but we're just we're rolling here, so I want to keep them coming. Uh, and this comes from a texter. His name is James. He actually lives in Tulsa, but he says he's in Broken Arrow all the time and pretty much every weekend, and he's wondering why some roads. Um, he specifically mentions Washington, which is 91st Street between Garnett and Olive. He says that the uh, markers, like the lane markers and dividers, aren't very visible at night. Now, that's kind of a newer reconstruction, but he's also um, generically mentioned other roads where you can't see lane divider markers anywhere. Do you know? Um, I'm curious if maybe some areas are a little bit out of date because they're coming up next or soon on a construction plan. Is that maybe where, where that is? That is a very good possibility, Skyler. Um, we try to restripe all of our all of our roads at least once a year. So obviously, a year goes by. Uh, we've looked at different techniques, different types of materials uh, to help extend the life, but it's it's uh, it is an extremely challenging process. I mean, we have over twelve hundred lane miles of road that we maintain by the streets department. I think it's twelve hundred, and we stripe those aerials um, at least once a year. And so. That may be the case, but that that is a newer road, and I need to check with Rocky and find out on on Washington between Garnett and Olive if there's something that's going on there because uh, we want to make sure that uh, everybody can see those those uh, those lane markers. So I, I appreciate the question. Let me see what I can find out on that. City Manager Michael Spurgeon out in Broken Arrow on the BA breakdown. Way out of time because I let us go uh, long today as we just had so much to get to. Michael, thank, thank you. Thank you, Skyler. Have a good week. We look forward to talking to you next week.